What happens when two former political staffers, one Labour and one Tory, meet? And become surprisingly good friends. Introducing the After Party Podcast. A comedy podcast about ideas, politics and truthfully an unlikely friendship. With me, Sarah Southern. And me, Chloe Green. So welcome to the After Party Podcast with me, Sarah Southern. And, and me, Chloe Green. Wonderful, wonderful. Are you well? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing good. I've had a very busy week. What have you been up to? Um, well, I guess when you work in comedy, uh, you spend a lot of time at gigs and often, so they're, <laughs> often they're your own gigs, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you're kind of watching comics uh, perform, but you're also sort of thinking about your own shtick and like trying to warm up. So you've kind of got like one eye on them, one eye sort of in your own brain. But I actually saw lots of comedy this week. What have you seen? Um, well, I had a, I've had a really great week for it. I saw Tom Mayhew at the oh, Soho right. Theatre. Now, I saw the first outing of his show. Did you? Uh, he did a preview at Vauxhall Comedy Club, where mm. I gig a lot and I'm involved in, uh, back in, I don't know, let's say May or June. So it'd be interesting to see how that show's finished up. Was it really good? It was really, really yeah. good. Yeah, it's come a long way. I saw it in its in an earlier stage mm. as well. And it was, I mean, it was lovely at the time um, and it, it's developed brilliantly. It's like a beautiful, very moving, earnest, angry and deeply witty, um, passionate show. Um, for those that don't know Tom's work, he talks a lot about growing up um, from like a working class background, having a working class family and being broke, basically mm. being unemployed, um, going to the job centre and having like a real struggle to find work, meaningful work. And now the kind of transformation of, of doing his dream, working in comedy, being a full time comic. Um, but it's just it's just a, it's a great it's a great story about his parents and about his dad, especially and about the love that he has for them and the pride. And it's just beautiful. I had a really nice time. Shed a tear. Oh, it's like a comedy show where I have a little cry. I love shedding a tear at a comedy show. <laughs> like to me, an hour long show. Like I'm not saying I want to cry in a 20 minute set on a Saturday night. Bit much. Bit much. But an hour long show, I want to be taken on that journey. Oh yeah. I want to f- feel the feels. Mm. Of course I want to laugh. Mm. But I also do want to have a little bit of a wipe away a tear at the end. 100%. Yeah. Listening to someone talk about their life for an hour, mm. like... There's so much scope for being moved and amused in that space. I think comedy needs to be meaningful. Absolutely. As well as silly, you know. Well, but I saw an excellent show this week. Did you? I went to see Jessica Fortescue's show Hench mm. at the Soho Theatre. And it's one of the best shows I've seen in ages because it is really, really funny. It's really honest. It's got a really interesting message in it. And she just performs it so good brilliantly but I think it's totally sold out but I'm hoping it's going to come back to the Soho Theatre because I'd actually want to see it again like Mm. it was really really excellent that's that's a real uh that's a real sign of success if you'd go and see the same show again yeah definitely that's really cool I'm actually going to see it tonight oh are you and I'm very excited well you're very lucky you'll very much enjoy it it's good I'll report back next week if I liked it I'm sure I will I think that's like the only thing I've really done this week to be honest um it's it's not been a, a full activity <laughs> week. I did uh, take a, a very short trip um, to Dublin uh, to attend a friend's mother's funeral. Oh, and that I'm sorry. Seemed, yeah, that kind of dominated the week. But it was quite interesting being in Dublin, actually, because there are general elections happening at the moment. Mm. So there were just huge political posters everywhere. And uh, it's a bit strange, because obviously in the UK, we don't really keep that much of an eye on 
Irish politics in that mm. way. So it was quite interesting, like being on the bus and just seeing all these big posters. And then the debate was actually on one of the nights that I was there. So that's quite interesting, just to kind of like dip my toe in yeah. ever so slightly into Irish politics. But I think there's something we need to talk about because it's been Ooh. dominating the news. Come on then, bring for, it. For what are we kind of coming towards the end of January? So it's been dominating the news now for three solid weeks. Gosh, what is it? Megxit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, for our lovely listeners at home, and I only say this because I can imagine how you feel about Mexit, Sarah Bloody Southern. Um, <laughs> but this is very much a podcast about people with differing views coming together. So I'm just doing a little disclaimer at the top of the show that you're about to probably hear some spicy debate about the royal family. <laughs> well, my view on Mexit has... Go. Well, firstly, I hate the fact people are calling it Mexit. Well, yeah. Harry and Meghan have made the decision Mm -hmm. to step away. Initially, I was absolutely livid. Mm -hmm. I was so cross with them. How dare they send out this Instagram release, not even a press release, an Instagram release. (laughs) These kids and their (laughs) ideas. Exactly. Without informing the Queen, they only let Prince Charles and Prince William know 10 minutes before it was sent out. I just thought, have some respect for your granny. Eh? But as time's gone on, I kind of think, oh, live live your life. Do whatever you want to do. I'm stunned. Because you're a proper monarchy lover, aren't you? Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. I mean, this is how much, just for the listeners at home, this is how much I love the royal family. Um, when Princess Eugenie got married, there was a pub... Who? <laughs> uh, Prince Andrew's second daughter. Sure. Uh, sure. And uh, when she had her wedding uh, at... Um, St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle, they held a public ballot where members of the public were able to apply and then they could go and attend. I entered said public ballot. I won some tickets. (laughs) I took my parents and we had one of the best days of our entire lives. It was so great. Like, that's how much I love the royal family. I've been to kind of all the royal palaces and had a look round. You know, the Queen's speech is perhaps the most important part of Christmas Day. Wow. Yeah, like, I'm in. I'm in. I love them. I'm committed. Like, Princess Anne drove past me once and I curtsied in the street. <laughs> I mean, that's, in, that's, that's real commitment. Yeah. Because she didn't. She did not see that. No, she didn't. But I knew that I'd done it. And that's the main thing. That's the main you know? thing. That's the main thing. So, yes, yeah, so I am disappointed that they are stepping back from royal life because I think they are an asset to the royal family. And I think if we're going to have a royal family, then it should be the best it can be. Mm. However, I do also think nobody should be unhappy and nobody should be living the life that they don't want. So they've obviously now got little baby Archie. They're obviously viewing their life in a very different way. They obviously enjoy being in Canada. Mm. Why wouldn't you? There's like lots of nice scenery and stuff. It is a bit cold. But, <laughs> yeah, true. But there's, you know, you can go skiing perhaps or something. Um, so I can see they're probably thinking about things differently. But I think that they haven't got everything they wanted. Because it's been made very clear that they're losing uh, all the public money, although that doesn't particularly bother me because they can make a ton of money doing other stuff. But Harry's losing all of his military appointments and they will lose all of their appointments where they were representing the Queen. So it hasn't been announced yet, but they are um, the youth ambassadors for the Commonwealth. Mm. I'm assuming they will lose that because they are representing the Queen in that situation. So, for example, Harry is the patron of the Invictus Games, the thing that he set up, uh, let's say, six years ago mm. for um, wounded soldiers. 
he set that up. He's not representing the Queen. He's firmly representing himself. But anything where they are representing the Queen, I think, will be taken away from them. So I think they were hoping that he would keep the military um, positions. They would hopefully keep that Commonwealth job. I don't think it's going to happen. Mm, wow. You've got a very nuanced attitude about this, um, which is a breath of fresh air, because <laughs> I definitely presumed that you'd be like, God damn this interloper Megan who's stolen my prince away from me really yeah oh I'm pleased it makes me livid when people don't like her because I I think people have got this kind of like um Mrs Simpson view of (laughs) Megan because she's American they're like oh she's come over here and caused trouble (laughs) well yeah so what who cares like it doesn't matter well, it does matter because it might lead to the fall of the royal family, which literally would make me probably die inside. But, and me dance in the street. <laughs> yeah, quite. So that's where we're a bit different. <laughs> but I just think, you know, look at the, the royal families around Europe. Recently, the King of Norway removed um, royal titles from his grandchildren who aren't in direct line okay. to the throne. He's like, look, you've got to go off and do your own life. When Prince Charles becomes king, I mean, I would imagine that will probably happen like in our grandchildren's lives. So, you know, <laughs> not in the near future. <laughs> but in the far, far future. Well, because you think the Queen is going to stick around? I literally don't even know why you're even suggesting that something might happen. Babe, she's on the way out. Oh, my God. Why are you being so mean to me? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) To be fair, her mum lived to, what, 101? Yeah. So she's got, uh, what? Good genetics. Yeah, but, I mean, how many years before she hits 101? Oh, it's another six years. So she's, I think she's 93 or 94 coming. May she's gonna snuff it in the oh next my God, decade. Please don't be mean. <laughs> that's oh. not mean. That's realistic. <laughs> I know, but she's it makes, an old lady. It makes my heart crack into a million pieces. Although a friend of mine who works for a TV company Ooh. did tell me the other week that they had a meeting at work to discuss what happens when very senior royals mm. move on to a different place. And in the meeting Death. at work, well, I mean, you you can call it that. I'm just going to fantasise that they're off to somewhere lovely. It's like uh, when you're a child and a pet goes to the farm. To the farm. That's how I'm viewing it. That's, that's how the how royal I'm family yeah. died. They just yeah. go to a nice farm. Yeah, that's how I'm viewing it. Like, sure. I don't know, health spa. They're off to Champneys or something like that. <laughs> but uh, and my fucking money. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Final, like, fingers up to people. Like, oh, well, you just got to pay for us to be at Champneys for the next uh, eternity. eternity. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this pal who works uh, for a, a TV news outlet, they were basically saying there won't be enough accommodation uh, in London to, for all of the different TV networks from around the world. Wow. So she's like, so you could rent your flat out. And oh, was, you make a killing. I was like, oh, brilliant. That's how I'm going to save up a deposit for a house. <laughs> basically by renting my little flat out uh, an extraordinary amount of money to like wealthy TV companies. I mean, that makes a lot of sense because it won't matter. You won't be in your flat. You'll be sort of like, what, riding on a sea of tears down well, the street. Anyway. I will obviously be stood in the queue um, for Westminster Hall to see the body line state and then God, I will yeah. obviously be stood on the street waiting for the funeral procession. So, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Hankies, you know, at the ready. But, back to Megxit. Mm. I feel that um, Megan, or the Duchess of Sussex, as she should be called, has re- some respect. <laughs> exactly. She has received an unbelievable barrage of criticism and it has definitely had racial undertones mm. i know that there are certain people who i shan't name because we don't need to name them on our podcast um don't believe that to be true but it is it's very underlying kind of almost just gently sprinkled on racism it's dog whistle completely dog whistle and i'm not surprised that it's got too much for them and 
Of course, when Sarah Ferguson married into the royal family in the 80s, of course, when Diana was in the royal family in the um, 80s and 90s, they too had a horrible time. Mm. Why should we allow it to happen? Just because they had to put up with it doesn't mean we should keep putting up with it. My only concern, though, for them is... At the moment, there is a, an agreement between the royals and uh, the press that certain photographs aren't published. Mm. So, for example, if um, the Duchess of Cambridge takes her kids for a walk in the park, those pictures will never appear in a British newspaper. They're allowed to have a private life mm. in that respect. Uh, this week, The Sun published a photograph of uh, Meghan walking through a park in Canada with Archie. And I my belief is, this is what I've been told, I might not be 100% true, but the, those photographers were hidden in the bushes and took the, that photograph. That photograph would never have been published previously, but obviously now mm. things are stretching away. So they won't be able to be involved in those agreements anymore. Oh, so I do worry that maybe what they're actually trying to achieve, they've created more interest in them by being based in North America. They're definitely more in that kind of Hollywood bubble. Mm. so I think it's very much kind of watch this space as to whether they end up getting what they want yeah that's really interesting I think uh, and this is going to become a running theme of the podcast I'm sure Mm. apologies for assuming I knew how you felt about this me and Sarah have talked about the monarchy before and she's been like frothing at the mouth over them (laughs) and I've been like give me strength Um, not that I don't like the royals in in themselves obviously some of them are like beyond the pale yeah Prince Andrew, uh, I think I can manage without. Thank you very much. Yeah, like paedophile slash paedophile adjacent. No, thank you. I think we're just going to put allegedly in for that. Nothing's been proven yet. Uh huh. I don't want Prince Andrew to sue our little podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me, okay. Andy. You can you can sue Chloe, but not me. That would be. I'd love it. Oh my god, do wonders for my career. Imagine. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Sure. Okay, you can sue me as well. <laughs> sue me, please. Um, fine. Alleged. I'm air quoting. Uh, you know, yeah, some some members of the royal family. I don't understand how we still how we still respect them, how we still have time for them, how we still fund their lifestyle. You know, individual members. I don't have beef with apart from you know those few. But as an institution, I think it is so archaic. I think it's unnecessary. I think it's gratuitous. The amount of public money spent on those people is. I mean, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. And I think, yes, it does do things for, you know, sort of uh, morale of the country. I certainly agree that Buckingham Palace, etc., like incredible tourist attractions, bring a lot of tourism to London, which is good for our economy, etc. I'm not against any of that. And I'm not, uh, I'm not particularly kind of, um, you know, black and white view of this, like down with the monarchy or up with the monarchy. I think it's kind of a tricky one but I'm very comfortable with the notion that the monarchy would just slowly die out in literal terms but also you know mm-hmm. figuratively and that's why I think that Harry and Meghan deciding to take a step back I mean I celebrated it and I very rarely celebrate anything that the royals do to be honest because I thought you know what it's 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 so true that you have been hounded by the press there are absolutely racist uh, views that are that are held about Meghan, which the British press don't seem to have any issue with and continue to run away with. I think it's grim. And I think Harry has always been a bit of a black sheep, would you say? You know, like a bit of a... I feel as though he's been tarnished with, with that. And I don't think he really is. I think he was a kid who perhaps didn't excel at school, therefore was interested in 
being mischievous, mm. for want of a better phrase. Um, so, you know, I think he got caught, like, smoking pot or something when he was at school. <laughs> Shock. Teenager <laughs> smokes pot. Oh, hold the front pages. Mm. He has done some stupid things, like that party he went the to in a swastika. That was no. very odd. What was he thinking? Not but a fan. Then, actually, if you look at the things they did, when he took his, like, year out after school, he went to Southern Africa um, and was in Lesotho and... Um, spent time with kids there who were orphaned because their parents had died of AIDS. He then set up a charity that has helped children suffering from HIV and AIDS illnesses. That is a good thing. You know, he's... It is, but again, it smacks of this, like, white saviour complex, the coloniser coming in. But he did set it up with um, the the royal family that were based in Lesotho as well, though. You know, it's not as though he's just done it on his own. And Mm. as much as I agree with you with that white saviour issue, and it can firmly be an issue, there are certain ways that certain charities do things that don't sit comfortably with me Mm. because of that. I think if you're working with local organisations and people who are there on the ground, then... It's, yeah, it's a you can good use thing. your privilege and, and your money. Yeah, if he can use his position to leverage things, I think he absolutely should. I think what he did with the Invictus Games, you know, obviously he was in the army for a long time. Mm. He did two tours of Afghanistan. You know, he was a serving and active soldier. Mm. Um, setting up uh, the Invictus Games, I think, has been an incredible thing and has given a lot of purpose to people who were really suffering. Mm. Um, you know, mm. it can't be easy coming back from war with a missing limb um, and to no longer be in the army because you're yeah. not fit enough to be. And then what next? So I know that if you it, the, the interviews that you read and hear from people who are involved in the Invictus Games, they have only got positive things to say. So I think he should be definitely given some gold stars for some of the things that he has done. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's difficult. Like, we do pay money for the royal family. It doesn't particularly bother me, uh, mainly because... It, it would cost us some money to have something doing of that nature. I'd like to see the royal family reduced. And I think we will see that. I think if you look at a lot of the senior royals, like uh, the Duke of Gloucester, the Kents, Princess Alexandria, they are all quite elderly. I would imagine they will retire quite soon. And when Prince Charles does become the king in probably our great-grandchildren's lives. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think we will see a really, really slimmed-down royal family. And I think Princess Ch- Prince Charles's view was that family would be him, the Cambridges, and the Sussexes. Mm. And it's now probably going to be him, the Cambridges, and you'll probably have to ask Princess Anne to keep doing some stuff and maybe Edward and Sophie mm. Wessex to do a bit of stuff as well. I'm fascinated to see what happens kind of, yeah, in like the child, Charles era. Because yeah. like, if Harry and Meghan have like naffed off living their lives, hopefully they'll get some peace uh, and a little bit of respite in Canada or wherever they decide to settle with their family and if they use their royal status to Mm. do some really interesting things Mm. great like i think they absolutely should be able to do that if they um want to do some environmental issues if they want to pursue um more um veteran health and Mm. all of those kind of things like crack onto it i think what megan has done in the short period of time that she has been in the royal family in terms of uh, she did this thing recently i can't remember exactly what it's called but it's working with a charity that helps women back into work and provides the money to be able to buy an outfit to go for a job interview yeah 
so after you know, after experiencing domestic abuse was is that? that as well oh right okay well i, I know that the that first thing that she did or sort of not the first thing but one of the things that she did as a sort of press moment after the big mexit scandal yeah. was she went to a women's oh, refuge in canada yes yeah, she went to two of them didn't she yeah. which i thought was like i mean like superb choice like she's definitely scouting out what charities in canada she can align herself with but you know the other thing she did that cookbook for the um people at grenfell tower um they had a community kitchen Mm. and she was like you need money to be supported what can we do i know let's write a cookbook so the women who were involved in the community kitchen wrote down their recipes and she brought it all together i bought several people to people as their christmas i hope the people i hope the people who wrote that got the money right yeah, all of the profit from okay. that book went to the charity. Okay, very good. To, very to good. the community kitchen. All right, they're very good. They're very nice, fine. <laughs> Look, I think the benefit of the royal family is they are conveners. Mm. If they decide that they want to do a conference on, I don't know, sustainability. It'll happen. It'll happen. Mm. Or they want to do well, it Of course on it'll happen because they've got, they've got obscene amounts of money in stock. But it's not, it's not just the money. It's the status. It's the will, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it. that's what is quite interesting. And also, look at how tourism boomed post-2011, um, 2012. You know, you had these amazing set-piece events in the UK. So in 2011, you had the Royal Wedding. 2012, we had the uh, the Jubilee, followed by the Olympics. Mm. And, I mean, it is pretty much London. But it looked amazing on the day. <laughs> and as a Londoner, you saw more people on the streets after those events. You're like, oh, God, tourism really... I mean, it might mm. have been helped by the fact that our pound is quite weak at the minute, but... <laughs> <laughs> small facts, small facts. Small facts. Well, I think the, the general feeling is we wish Harry and Meghan well. I will yes. miss them. You're I... ambivalent. <laughs> yeah, I won't miss them, but I also... I think, like, I get very defensive of people if I see that they're being attacked, even if prior to that I had real no feeling about them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. unless I'm one of the people attacking them because, you know, they're genuinely, like, a bit of a wrong one, like a sort of Andrew situation, yeah. in which case, you know, go for it. Absolute fair play. Um, but, like, if if someone's, like, you know, abusing Meghan and Harry and things, I, I, I'm previously ambivalent. But you know what? Now I'm, like, actually good on them because I hate the nastiness of the British press. I find it really exhausting. And people are just feeling like they're so entitled to these people's, like, every movement and whim and decision. Like, yeah. we're not. Just because you have status and just because you're powerful and just because you have access to some money doesn't mean you're fair game. Like, they're still people. Are, and I think they have to be accountable. That's the thing. Because it's like public money and stuff, they're accountable. But that's what they're doing. They're saying we don't want to be, we don't want to be like held up by mm. the state anymore. We're going to go and earn our own money. And people being like, oh, what are they going to do? How are they going to earn their own money? It's like, you forget that Megan had her own full-time job like minutes ago. She was the only person making her own money or, yeah. she, or she was like, you know, very, very recently. I think, I think they'll be okay. But I think more I, yeah. people have watched Suits since she became a member of the royal family. So I think she's probably getting that residuals check quite frequently. We don't really She'll be need fine. to worry. Well, to be fair, I say, um, I say I'm sort of ambivalent to the royal family. Princess Diana is a gay icon. Um, of course. Because she did, because she did such wonderful yeah. work on, on supporting people through the AIDS and HIV yeah. crisis. And I think that's, you know, well, ongoing. But like, you know, specifically in the 90s. Like, I think she like move the dial with that stuff. She was one of the first public figures to like shake hands yeah. and hold the hand of somebody who had AIDS. And I just thought, 
well, I mean, I wasn't really conscious of that at the time. I was a child. But, like, looking back on that, that was wildly significant. Completely. Because also, remember, at that point, the way that the nation viewed HIV AIDS following those um, adverts in the early 80s of the tombstones. Oh, you know, it was so frightening. Like, I remember being taught about HIV AIDS in school and being told that if you went for an HIV test, it would impact on your insurance what? I didn't have insurance. I didn't really fully understand what insurance was, but I remember thinking, oh, God, you must never go for an HIV test because it'll it'll have a really negative that impact. That is so irresponsible. Isn't it? But that's how it was in the 90s. Whereas now, if I meet someone and they haven't been for a sexual health test in, like, a six-month period, I think, like, I'm, I'm concerned for them. I'm like, why aren't you go. being a responsible adult? <laughs> go and get yourself checked. And also, like, let's remember, we are so fortunate to be living now like, mm. HIV AIDS could be wiped out in our lifetime. And yeah. if everyone was allowed to have access to PrEP, mm-hmm. it would happen. Mm-hmm. Like, having diabetes is worse. Yeah. Yeah, people people can live with HIV AIDS and it not be limiting on no, their exactly. life. You can, live, exactly. you can live a normal but life. But I totally agree with you. Diana shaking um, that man's hand... At that moment, and also there's the fact that she shook his hand without gloves on, because obviously at that oh, point yeah. it was quite quite common for the royal family to wear gloves when they went places. Uh, and she didn't. She she shook his hand and she sat with him and she spoke with the patients who... Yeah, that were, was really that significant. Ward. And it was. And as you say, it shifted the dial. And hence why Diana will always be an icon to all of us. <laughs> I think uh, I think I can I think I can agree with you on that one. Well, speaking of icons, mm. uh, the Labour Party leadership lost an icon this week as Jess Phillips stepped aside. Surely did, yeah. Surely I'm very did. sad. Much in the same way that I said that I end up defending people who I'd otherwise be ambivalent about when other people start attacking them. The same thing kind of has happened with Jess Phillips, you know, like. I don't have strong feelings about Jess Phillips one way or the other. I'm not like a, a kind of, you know, strong um, proponent or opponent. But I think that the amount of abuse held at Jess is just, again, like disproportionate to anything that is is deserved or warranted. And I feel like, again, it's kind of like a double standard thing. Like people are very, 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 very quick to suggest that Jess... Uh, is you know this type of candidate or that type of candidate and I think there's some low level kind of sexism there I think there's some classism there and yeah you know she should be she should be very accountable for stuff that she said she should be extremely scrutinized because she wants to be the prime minister of the country sure that is worthy of scrutiny but I do feel like it was completely imbalanced in terms of the scrutiny that she received versus other candidates in the Labour leadership field and her stepping back uh, I think is a loss for the process I I don't think it's a loss necessarily for the for the country i don't think she'd have won and i think if she had won well a i'd have been completely surprised i don't know how that would have happened with the labor membership as it is but i don't think it would necessarily have been a, a loss yet to, to the country particularly because i don't think she'd win an, a general election for us however i think it is a bit of a loss for the process because you know she provided something very different oh, she totally, has a totally yeah. different style of politics i think to a lot of the other contenders though I find her to be honest to be quite similar to Corbyn she's very divisive people really love Jess or they really don't love Jess much in the same way that you get that split with with kind of Corbyn fans slash Corbyn haters and I think that 
actually ugh, the state that our politics is in countrywide but also the state of the labor party we don't really need another leader who who is going to be so marmite i think someone who can just bring people together regardless of whether they like their politics or whatever just someone who can command a bit of respect and a bit of calm i just Maybe I'm just really knackered. I just want a bit. I just want a bit of peace and quiet, Sarah. Like, is that does that sound? Uh, I don't think unlikely. that's an unreasonable thing to ask for. And I think, unfortunately, um, having witnessed it from the sidelines, whereas you've kind of witnessed it from inside the fight, there has been a lot of fight within the mm. Labour Party over the last five years, I guess. And that needs to change mm-hmm. because if you're battling each other, mm-hmm. you're just going to keep losing elections. Yeah. Um, so change has got to come i think it's a shame that this leadership uh contest is going on for another two months <laughs> it just like just seems so long it is uh so so long um but yeah it, it'll be interesting to see what happens whether you know uh emily thornbury survives the next week mm, um mm. will it be a three horse race will it be a two horse race um so yeah my watching m- brief absolutely my my money if it were on anything um would be it's probably going to be a three horse race but in 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 actuality a two horse race as in i think three people will make it to the to the ballot so to speak but i don't necessarily think that one of those candidates is a kind of you know a genuine contender um i don't know why i'm speaking in code we can just speak you think either keir starmer or rebecca long bailey will win yes and it's unlikely that lisa nandy will have cut through once it gets to the voting stage that is correct but i think lisa nandy has a lot of clp support and a lot of um well she's she's already she's already on the ballot she'll be she's backed by by a union so i think she'll be through but i think that the you know what I think maybe Lisa could have more success than I'm pot- potentially attributing her because I think she's actually very impressive. Yeah. She is really coming through already in terms of people sort of turning around and going, actually, hang on a minute. As someone who is not following it closely but keeping a slight watching brief on it, mm. I have definitely seen more of Lisa Nandy than I have of Keir Starmer. Mm. And I don't think I've really seen anything of Rebecca Long-Bailey. Like, I know that Lisa Nandy, for example, is appearing on Matt Ford's podcast next week. Mm. I'm sure he's probably trying to get all of them. But mm. the, like, She's doing the rounds. I saw she was on some TV show on ITV the other day. Like, she, in my mind, like, as a general member of the public, mm. I'm certainly seeing touch points a lot more than I am. Mm. And I don't know whether maybe that's the strategy of Rebecca Long-Bailey to kind of keep her away. Uh, from people until the final moments um, but you know you would have thought at this stage of the process that you'd be seeing a lot more kind of keynote speeches a lot more interaction a lot more mm. and maybe they are doing those things but if they are they're not having the cut through yeah I don't I don't quite know how to explain that or or, or what the strategy is to be honest like I feel like the the strategy with Rebecca is of course just going to be very much like align herself quite closely with Corbyn so that she picks up the votes mm. of the membership who still support Corbyn, which I don't have the statistics. I don't think anyone has the statistics on this, but I would 
hazard a guess, we're still looking at a really big chunk of the Labour membership loving Corbyn and backing Corbyn kind of, you know, to the end. That is the hill that they'll die on. I mean, we have like almost 600,000 members and yeah, and I mean, 200 odd thousand of those, whatever, they came, they came through the the leadership election when Corbyn won back in back in 2015. So I still think we're looking at like a really good chunk of the membership back in Corbyn. I wouldn't hazard a guess of what the percentages are, but it's really sizable. So of course, if she can kind of toe that line, be impressive to those people, you know, say the right things, etc., she will get the backing of a lot of the momentum and Corbyn supporting wing of the party, which is not an insignificant proportion. It will be just such a worry, though, if she does win for the simple fact that the Parliamentary Labour Party didn't vote for it. And then you end up with the situation that the Tories had with Ian Duncan Smith. Fewer of the MPs voted for him than for Ken Clark. Therefore, from the get go, the people who you have to deal with day in, day out don't support you. They're not going to toe the party line. They're going to go against the whips. It's exactly what happened with Corbyn. Yeah. It's exactly what happened with Corbyn. Well, I think we're going to be talking about this bloody Labourship leadership election. Labour leadership? Yeah, Labour leadership election. It's a mouthful. It is a bit for the next uh, two months, but I guess we did have to think about the bloody Tories for ages <laughs> and their stupid leadership, so no, that's good, that's good. Well, I guess we've got, like, the week ahead, uh, but I guess what's important before we finish off is has anybody from across the aisle mm. done something that has brought a little smile to your face, made you feel warm inside? I like to think of this segment as being um, shout out to my ex. Um, because <laughs> You just want to give a shout out to Little Mix. That's all that really is, isn't it? <laughs> honestly, honestly, you've seen right through yeah, me, totes. of course. Yeah, because we used to work in politics. We used to work with these people, these bloody MPs and staffers used to be our... Uh, our peers and fortunately not anymore but I think it is nice to look across the aisle and try and shout out to somebody that you wouldn't otherwise agree with necessarily and what they've done that's a good thing so I'm very happy to kick off I've got one Um, this week I'm really 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 chuffed to see that the government who I tend to think does absolutely sweet FA of any of any note or of any uh, significance um they have put in place finally at last Jack's Law and Jack's Law is named after uh, Jack who was a baby who died from drowning I believe back in 2010 and his mother Lucy didn't get any paid bereavement leave oh, from her terrible. job and she the mother bereaved mother Lucy she campaigned she's been campaigning for years you know I think you know near on a decade uh, to get statutory sick leave or sorry paid paid uh, bereavement leave for parents who've lost a child and this week it was announced that the government are finally making that law happen and they've named it jack's law after jack who died oh that's great that's great i'm sad that it's taken till 2020 Mm -hmm. for that to happen but that's how it should be um yeah yeah oh that's good and i think we're the only country that has that you know really oh well well done us yeah well done us oh that's good well, um, my across the aisle um, is a little a little tongue-in-cheek because part of me is <laughs> applauding the trolling rather than the actual good thing. But uh, there were rumours abound uh, earlier this week that when it comes to the dissolution honours that uh, Jeremy Corbyn will be trying to elevate 
uh, John Burko to the Lords, mm. which just humours me because obviously Boris did not like John Burko, along with lots of people. <laughs> and it would be normal for the previous Speaker of the House to immediately be put into the House of Lords. Mm. Um, I think the only recent one that didn't was the guy before John Burko who kind of got sacked. I don't even think he got a peerage, did he? I have no idea. When was that? Who was that? I've forgotten what his name was, Martin something. Oh, John Burkow's very much my era. Yeah. Well, anyway, he wasn't going to be getting a peerage. And he's obviously said that, oh, it'd be nice to have one. So it's been rumoured that Corbyn has added John Burkow to his list of dissolution honours. And it makes me giggle because <laughs> it's such <laughs> trolling. Uh, and if it is true, this part of the things are silly. I don't particularly want John Burkow in the Lords. I think he can go off and... I don't know, do, do the speaker circuit in America and shout order, order at people and do whatever. But uh, I just kind of admired uh, Corbyn's cheekiness with mm. that one. Mm. John Burkhouse has such a weird journey. Like he was the to- he was a Tory speaker, right? Tory yeah. MP, but now has become a bit of a a bit of a lovey of the left. Like people well, love him. A rumor that I had heard many moons ago is uh, pre the twenty ten general election, there was uh, a a defection. Someone crossed the floor from the Tories to the Labour Party mm. and it was rumoured, I don't know how true this is, it was rumoured that John Burkow was also going to cross the floor. Wow. But obviously he had his sights on the Speaker, therefore went for that. So he bid his time. So I think he maybe had had uh, links and tie-ins, as it were, with the Labour Party for some time. Fascinating. I mean, you must remember his wife is a Labour councillor, or certainly used to be a mm. Labour councillor. Oh, they're like us. They are. They are, but <laughs> they have two kids and we don't. So that's the only difference. Yet, yet of course, <laughs> yet. Well, I think we'll have to keep a close eye on people being kind to each other across the aisle so that and I don't give examples of trolling. <laughs> well, I think that's a nice one. I think, I mean, even though you might think that Corbyn did that to troll the Tories, <laughs> maybe he did it out of respect. Maybe, but I, I like to see it as a little cheeky troll. <laughs> I think I think Corbyn is... is not even capable of trolling. He oh. probably he's so humorless. I don't know how he would even do anything that could be possibly thought of as witty. Oh well, well done, Corbin, for for doing that. Anyway. <laughs> doing what you're told. <laughs> well, look, we hope everybody has a lovely week, and we'll be back next week yeah. um, with more more views, more kindness, and more friendly chit chat. I guess. Oh God, so wholesome. Stop it. Try to be. Anyway, till next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.